I became fascinated with looking at things where they fall in a, for lack of a better word, on a timeline. You might find out something about that story that could not be anything but God. Now you're reading that and you're thinking, why do I care about idiots? Yeah, and listening to it going, I don't want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'm a snake. I'm a slitherous snake. I'm a snake of snake. <laughs> you have the potential to do great evil or to do great good. Because what you see when you begin to look at history is that we're all connected. This is History Through the Eyes of Faith with Angie Ferris, and I'm your host, Frank Rains Jr., along with producer Wes. Thanks for listening. History Through the Eyes of Faith studio coming to you live. Um, Angie Ferris is here. Episode 7. Wow. Seven episodes. We started recording this in 2006. <laughs> No, when did you actually start working on the content? Oh. No, for real. 2000. Well, I think the first time I made an attempt at teaching it was probably 2005, late five, early six. Hey, look at there. I came up with it. Yeah, but I've been fascinated with it for like all my adult life and that doesn't really count homeschooling my children but it was more like gathering resources not me just teaching the content so the first time that I tried to like teach it to adults and and cover didn't have this cool name back then but that was my first attempt no I um I didn't have the cool name Mm-mm. uh it wasn't near as good as it is now like it didn't have as much content much thought yeah. Hold on just a second. And we're always adding new things, learning new pieces of history. That's what I like about the format of the podcast is we can add. We can when we learn some new thing, we can go back and put it in or we can reference go back and drop a reference to a future or a past and it's organic and flowing and Yeah, I think know. it's I I think this this media this medium or media uh, is ideal for this. Yeah, and and looking forward to ways to hear from people or change, you know. And it, it, I think it's also going to lend itself. I mean, if I was just explaining to a friend a minute ago, we were talking about it, um, messaging somebody, asking about what this podcast is about. And there's, I think there's so much content, meaning if we're going to go through history, let's just play it out. We get to present day. Okay, so... Is there music outside? Yeah. Yeah, somebody's driving by our Okay. These, the, it is they, so busy here in the studio. Yeah, the studio here, the History Through the Eyes of Faith studio is, we're in Nashville, obviously, and there's just a lot of studios around. There's a lot of bands, and our studio happens to be among a lot of other studios. <laughs> Apparently, someone's got a rehearsal or something. They just don't have the insulation they need on that place over there. They don't. Oh, it stopped. Good. Um, there's one band that re- that rehearses just right over there, and during the day when I'm when I'm working here from the studio, they're practicing. It's a little distracting. All right, so um, no, what I was going to say is let's just say we get to present day. I'm going to just throw out a number that might be a hundred episodes. You think it'd be that many? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
So 100 episodes. No, I don't want people to think, oh my gosh, it's going to be 100. I don't We're know. Done. We're just taking it one day at a time. I didn't want to watch a series. I didn't want to get into, <laughs> you know, when you're on Netflix, is this a movie or a series? Yeah. I don't want to get into that. How many episodes? Not doing it. Not doing it. No, but. This but, is a one day at a time thing. But if we get, let's say we get to present day and it's only for those that are scared of a commitment. Let's say it's only 30 episodes. Um. You can then even go back and refer to, it can just be almost then a commentary on present day topics. Yes. And that, yes. For example, I had a friend of mine ask me this week when I was explaining the podcast to him, well, you know, I was watching some the other day about the Sabbath. People saying the Sabbath is a Saturday or is it a Sunday and when it became a Sabbath and the Jews, some Jews think the Sabbath is, an, and I said, I don't know, but I'll ask Angie. And we can find out. And so I'm not asking you that now, but see, that could be something that could, Yeah. we want to divert from. Yeah, it might be that we have a section where we're like taking questions and answering things that came up from our last podcast. Yeah. You know, we're dropping well, some those of the, in. Well, some of the true crime podcasts I listen to, they'll ha- I mean, they will come out with, they have a lot of information, but they're only giving it to you every week. Right. Right. Or it might be a live um a, a real-time investigation that the next week is going to have stuff that they investigated this past week. Right. But then they will insert an episode that's just questions to answer. Yeah. So we are pre-recording several of these. Oh, yeah. We're always for, going to. Yeah. For so, so it'll be a while before. If you had some comments or questions that came in on episode three. We hadn't gotten them. Mm-mm. So it'll be a while. I think. But not forever. Just another reason, just another cliffhanger, another reason to hang in there. If you're listening to episode seven right now and you know me, text me right now. (laughs) Text me right now. And one day I'm going to get this text. Hey, I just listened to episode seven. All right. History through the eyes of faith. And you know what? I apologize. I'm so sorry for all those listeners that are so frustrated with me right now. Because of the huge cliffhanger we just left, episode six. They're like, why are we listening to all this nonsense? I gotta know who the next figure is in history that you left us hanging in episode six. I mean, it was like an episode of The Mandalorian or something. Okay, you're overplaying this. I know. And I meant to before. I know. Okay. Okay, just shut it. Um, <laughs> so we're in Egypt. Mm-hmm. We're the first chapter of that means something too in the Bible when it says they went to Egypt. I uh-huh. don't remember what it means. <laughs> that might be a good thing to say. I gotta read. I gotta you... look this up. Yeah, but it 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 it, it, it significance <laughs> is time. <laughs> its significance. Oh boy, we done a lot today. Its significance is tied to this running to Egypt, like like you run to Egypt, like mm-hmm. when you. Are go, rather than trusting God, you're running to Egypt, okay? I and see, so you can yeah. see that through the whole story. It plays out in the Old Testament. So then the phrase is actually used to mean something. So I'll well, look into that. Well, I'm going to Producer, now, drop me a note. I'm going to now say that I'm an expert on this content and just say things like, you know what, that means something. I don't know what it means. <laughs> but it but does, mean, does something. mean something. So uh, we're in the first... We're now in the second book of the Bible, Exodus of the Old Testament. Exodus. And we're not going through every book, God, so don't, don't. No. Yeah. We're not. It just, you know, we're. Went the, through. the further we get into the Bible, the more we're flying over. Yeah. So, Genesis, Exodus, second book, we're in the first chapter. 
We're in Egypt where there was a, a leader, a pharaoh, that did not know Joseph, meaning that time had passed. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, um, a friend of Joseph. Would be a way to put it. Maybe. Yeah, enough history had gone by that he didn't know who Joseph was. Joseph was. He didn't know how those Hebrew people got there. All he knew there's there's a whole bunch of them, and he didn't well, like that. They want to get rid of them, so he's now a- a mandating to murder infant sons, infant boys, and and one boy um, survives because he had this mom that was thinking ahead so she she had him and she was from the house of levi now what would that mean the house of levi uh, well I, the answer is uh-huh. that levi was a one of the tribes of israel right one of the sons of israel right and so she was from the lineage of, of levi. levi right but i want to say it had something to do with jeans that she was wearing <laughs> or she was from a manufacturing okay, plant that just totally threw me because when you said jeans before you said that she was wearing, I was thinking G-E-N-E-S. And I'm like, yeah. well, of course it had to do with jeans. Of course, Levi jeans. I've never put... So you just managed to put J-E-A-N-S and G-E-N-E-S in the same context. Yeah. Yeah. Jeans. It was hot in Egypt. I don't think she was wearing Levi jeans. Just saying. She was from the house of Levi. She wasn't wearing hey, jeans. y'all check these out. I'm from the house of Levi. <laughs> And this man over here is from the house of Wrangler, and he's from the house of Lee, and he's from the house of Jordash. Okay. Okay, sorry. So? <laughs> Wait, one more? He's so, one. I wouldn't mention that she was from the house of Levi, but it does become important as the story goes on, so we have to drop it in right there, because everything does mean something. Okay. Okay? Hey, so that needs to be one of the little blurbs in the intro, because everything does mean something. Yes. So... His mother hid him for three months. She has this male child. She hides him for three months. And when she could hide him no longer, he was, she put him, she made a basket that would float. Mm-hmm. And she put him in the basket and placed him among the reeds by the riverbank, knowing mm-hmm. that Pharaoh's daughter would come down and bathe by the riverbank. And she left. This little baby's older sister stood at a distance and watched to see what would happen. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and saw the basket. And when she opened it, she saw the child and she took pity on him. And she knew it was one of the Hebrew children. So the sister asked if the, she, she said, oh, this is one of the Hebrew children. The sister says, well, do you want me to go get a Hebrew woman to nurse him for you? And so this, the Pharaoh's daughter said yes, and she went and got the child's mother. Now, isn't that clever? So the mother ends up being able to nurse the baby and keep the baby. And when he grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, Moses, which has to do with the reeds and finding him by the river. Oh, it does? Yeah. So, uh, you know, okay, go ahead. So, so therefore, you have Moses now growing up in a royal household. Himself almost a royal because he was technically the grandson of Pharaoh. Does the scripture say who the sister's name, what the sister's name is? It might, but I don't have it right here in front of me. Um, I have a question. Yes. Is there a Disney movie about this? I don't know all the Disney movies. I, for some reason in my mind, I'm thinking there's a Disney movie, or maybe a section, a little clip, something. Is it called Moses? Is it called Pharaoh? Or I don't know. This people are going to be. 
blowing up the feed I'm now. I'm seeing the whole scene in a Disney movie. It could be your children's Bible picture story. But. No, I've seen those, but I think there's a Disney movie. But also, I was making up this. You're talking about Francis Rivers? Oh, there is. Francine Rivers. Francis. Oh, there is. The songs are coming back to my head. Yeah. Y- yeah. Maybe. It's- oh, there's a great song in it. I can't, I can't think of the song, but I'm someone recently. Okay. But Francine Rivers. Rivers. Uh-huh. How she would add, you know, color to the stories yes, yes. that are conceivable. Yeah. Here's one that I just came up with. Pharaoh's you, Pharaoh's daughter mm-hmm. sees the baby mm-hmm. and sees the sister and sees the mom, but sees the baby and her heart is like, I can't, I see what's happening here. I see the mom has done this and she's wanting this to happen. I see the sister watching. I'm going to take the baby. And then she says, Hey, can you, I don't know what to do about it. And the daughter goes, do you want me to go get someone to nurse? And the and the daughter and Pharaoh's daughter's like, yeah, go do that. But there's knowing looks and glances that Pharaoh's daughter knows mm. exactly what's up. And it's like, here, you come in and you nurse the. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my kindness with you. Even I know you're the mom, and I know that you're the sister, and I know that the Pharaoh has ordered this child to be killed. But I'm gonna keep it a secret. I got y'all. Y'all come on in. Yeah. That could be part of the... It could be. She it, might have known. Either way. Yeah. Anyway. She might have known. So, Pharaoh's, so Moses' biological mother saves him mm-hmm. and then creates, makes him available. He's found by Pharaoh's daughter. She gets to nurse him. Okay. So now reading from Exodus chapter 2. And he says, now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. Now, who is it talking about? The Hebrews, right? Okay. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that. He looked around. And when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So the Egyptians beating up the Hebrew. He kills the Egyptian and hides him in the sand. He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to the offender, "What? Why are you striking your companion? But the offender said, Who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you tending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian. So Moses runs away. Okay. Okay. And then in the land of Midian, he marries a Midianite woman and he has a child. Okay. So then we jump forward. Um, Exodus, still in chapter two. Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died. And the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry for help because of their bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them. So at this time, it had been 40 years since Moses left Egypt. Okay. Okay. Now Moses, so now we're going on, and I think we're in chapter 3 now. Moses was pastoring. So now we're back in Midian where Moses is. We've been told that the king, that, that king has died, and then Israel is crying out to God, and God hears their cries. 
and took notice of them. So Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, so he goes over to the bush. When he goes over the bush, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said also, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I'm aware of their sufferings. So I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So God is speaking to Moses and telling him who he is and what he's about and he's heard them and and he's going to do something about that and he's going to bring them up and lead them there so something to think about right here at this point is when is the last time we know that god has talked to someone like that was abraham i think so Mm -hmm. because there was like he appeared to jacob in dreams and he spoke to jacob but not the kind of conversation that like Abraham had. And so now we're all the way to Moses. Melchizedek. Melchizedek, but that was... Melchizedek. I say that because there's a theory that that's God speaking to Abraham. Right, but but Abraham actually had conversations with God. Yeah, with Isaac. Okay. No, I mean, not just there, but many times. Okay. God, God, they talked, you know, they had the discussion before. I don't know if you remember. We didn't talk about this story, but when God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham has this long conversation with God about, well, if there's this many righteous people, will you do it then? Well, if there's this many righteous, I mean, it's like this ongoing conversation. So now Mm -hmm. God is appearing in this bush. And it, I mean, he's been in the desert 40 years. Joseph's been gone. I mean, it's been 400 years that they've been there. So it's been a long time. Since. I have a question. Was Moses, as he was raised by the daughter of Pharaoh and before he left, did you say Midian? Midian's where he went to. Went to, yeah. went to Midian. Was he in, of, of any favor? It, this is just, we. you just learn about his past, but he wasn't like, he was from the house of... Of Levi, Levi, yeah, which is from the line of Israel, right? Jacob. It's just one of the Hebrews. But we don't he, know anything else about him. But that's just background. He yeah. he becomes, for lack of a better word, anointed as a leader. And this moment, yes, where God speaks to him through the burning. Yes, bush. and this is pretty interesting. So he's calling. So God's calling Moses, but right from the beginning, Moses isn't sure. Okay, it's kind of iffy, like, like. Imagine yourself there, and this bush is on fire, and it's not being consumed. Now the voice of God is telling you all this, and this is what he's saying. And what do you say? So this is what happens. So therefore, come now. This is God going back to God talking. Come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And, and God said, certainly I will be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I'm going 
to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now the phrase, I am who I am, can be translated to me, I am without equal, or I am he who is. Okay? So God's kind of, I mean, God is talking to Moses, and Moses is questioning him, and then Mm -hmm. saying, well, what's your name? There is this knowledge in that culture that when you know somebody's name, you have power over them. God says, I am who I am. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, my name is Yahweh, or my name is John, or he says, I am who I am. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Then Moses said, and then it skips down for a while, and Moses says, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. He's, I mean, God is talking to the man, and he just keeps talking back. Well, like, what if they, the Lord said to him, What is it? What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. And then God said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So now he's given him this staff that he can turn into a snake, that he can pick it back up and becomes a staff. The Lord... Furthermore said to him, now put your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. When he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And then he said, put your hand back in your bosom. So he put his hand back. And when he took it out, behold, it was stored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. But if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground. And the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. So he's given him all these signs. He's Mm -hmm. told him, I am who I am. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in times past, nor since you have spoken to your servants, since I've been standing here, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. Moses isn't done yet, but he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. So he's trying to back out. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he's coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will be as a mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. So we see right from the beginning that Moses is an unusual person that's willing to converse with God. To have this honest conversation and like, I'm, he's not, strangely, he's not intimidated by the fact that he's God. And he's chicken and he's telling him that he's chicken. And, and God, even though he gets angry and frustrated with him, provides a way. He works with him and he sends Aaron out to him and he says, okay, you're going to tell, I'm going to tell you what to say and you're going to tell Aaron 
to say. Okay, so then what is Moses told to do after that's all set up? And afterwards, Moses, this is chapter five, afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I shall obey his voice to let Israel go? Who is this God? I do not know the Lord. And besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Go back to your labors. Again, Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now many, and you would have them cease from their labors. So they're sent to ask Pharaoh to go. Why do they want to go? What was in there? Why did they want to go? What does it say? Why did they want to leave? Uh-huh. Well, because of how they're being treated. But what what they told Pharaoh was that they want to go just a three days journey into the wilderness and make sacrifices and worship God. That's what they're asking for. Okay. They're not asking for permanent leaving. God has told Moses that he is going to deliver the people. But they're only going to Pharaoh, they've only been told to ask Pharaoh to be able to go into the wilderness and worship. And he says, I can't give them three days off. No, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not going to do that. Um, so now Pharaoh makes their task harder. So he's afraid of them joining with others against Egypt, which is a real fear. And so where they had been making bricks and straw was being provided, the Egyptians now are no longer providing their straw. They're supposed to make the same amount of bricks, but they have to go get the straw themselves. Okay. So the labors are even harder. Um, and thus, this is where the whining begins. The people start going, why have you done this to us? You know, yes, we were slaves, but now our... You've made it worse. Yeah, you've made it worse for us. Um, and just kind of just to sit, step back for a minute and looking at the overall story, why would God allow their labor to increase? Why would he increase that labor? What purpose would that serve for them in the long run? I wasn't aware there's going to be a lot of quiz questions. I'm just asking us to think. These are just thinking think, questions. I know. And it's. Okay. So I would. Uh, for faith, for. Uh, well, aren't they more likely to be willing to leave if they're uncomfortable where they are? Yeah. So if their life is getting more uncomfortable, then it's making them more willing to leave. And it's also preparing them for a life that's not a life of luxury, a life that is hard work. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of, it's like going into training. Right, mm-hmm. so, so you can see that. Um, so now we have what we call the plagues, right? Yep, that's it. You want to share that? Well, I just was able to. The Disney movie is called The Prince of Egypt. There you go. Thank are, you. He has found that. That are being yeah. bothered by the fact that I didn't know that. I do know it. I'd like to see those cards that you flipped over. Yeah. Do we have to talk about them now? I, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to hold them while you're talking I about I think some plagues. of them are a little bit out of order because of the way I've been doing it. Okay, so what are the plagues, Frank? What does that mean to you when I say, okay, now it's the time of the plagues? Well, a lot of bad plagues happened to Egypt. Because? Because Pharaoh didn't let the people go. Yeah, and it's over and over. Like, like God will send a plague. They'll say, if you don't let us go, then this is going to happen. And then that happens. And then... The next one comes. And sometimes Pharaoh, he gets to the point where he's like, okay, yeah, I will. But then he changes his mind. So then the next play comes. And um, Now, let me ask you this about the plagues. Uh-huh. 
what evidence outside of the Bible do we have about the plagues? I'd have to research in that. I have seen some. Okay. Um, there are things that have happened in nature that might be described in the same way as plagues. Okay, like one of the plagues is locusts. Like I've heard of some place experiencing a plague of locusts in 2020. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so those kind of things. Like I don't know if there's any evidence in Egypt of a particular plague at that time. Okay? Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that the I think – you know, if you sit back and say, okay, why is this happening? One of the reasons that the plagues are happening is the people have not experienced God personally. They've been there for generations. All they have is what they've been told by their forefathers, right? But all of a sudden, God's power and majesty is being displayed in front of them over and over and over again. So, like, they're learning some things about God, right? They are seeing the power, majesty, and capability of God through each of the plagues. So here now, now when you talk about the plagues, Moses is is asking for some relief from the Pharaoh. He's saying let he's same thing he's asking for all the time. Let us go into the wilderness to this mountain and make sacrifices to our God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then this is what God's bringing on you. Okay, so that's the part I missed. Yeah. But I don't know if we said exactly. Right. But he was told by God. Yes. That this is what's going to happen if he doesn't let yes. you go. Yes, and, and probably based on what we've learned, Aaron is the one saying that, right? I mean, because Aaron's the mouthpiece, right? So okay. Moses, Aaron. Okay, it'll, it'll say Moses and Aaron said this. So what are the plagues? The plagues were water turning to blood, frogs, lice, flies, livestock pestilence, plague mm. on the livestock, boils. Everybody's covered with boils. Mm-hmm. Hail, mm-hmm. locusts, mm-hmm. and darkness. You know what it all sounds like? What? Summer camp. Every one of those. I thought you were going to say 2020. Um, sounds like summer camp. Okay, Just whatever. Say them again. Come on. Water turning to blood. Okay, that's a horror movie, summer camp. Frogs. Summer camp. Lice. Summer camp. Flies. Summer camp. Livestock. Summer pestilence. Camp. Livestock pestilence. All the, all the livestock gets sick and dies, okay? Boils. Summer camp. Hail, mm-hmm. locusts, darkness. Yep. yep. So it's like a great little. And every movie. time Far- Pharaoh's getting a little bit closer to saying yes or like changing it, he'll say yes and change his mind and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then we come to the final plague, the one that finally works. Which is, did you just say it? Mm-mm. Darkness? No. Darkness. I, I named them all up to this one. So I'm going to read from chapter 11. Now think about this. This started back in chapter 5. Okay. So this has been going on a while. I'm going to read in chapter 11. Now the Lord said to Moses, One more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that, and have each man ask from his neighbor and each woman from her neighbor for articles of silver and articles of gold. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt, both in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And so they gave them silver and gold. You can imagine, like the people are probably terrified by now. They were probably 
on board with letting Moses and the people go a lot longer than Pharaoh was and all these awful things. And so he says, and Moses looks like this great guy. So, so literally the Israelites just go around and ask everybody to give me silver and gold and they do it. And the reason that that becomes an important part of the story moving forward, the fact that they have all this silver and gold. Okay, so they get all this stuff. Moses said, thus says the Lord. Now we're jumping over to the next, or maybe it's the same chapter, same place. Thus says the Lord, about midnight, I'm, this is the plague. I'm going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well. Moreover, there shall be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before and such as shall never be again. But against any of the sons of Israel, a dog will not even bark, whether against man or beast, that you may understand how the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel." All these your servants will come down to me and bow themselves before me, saying, Go out, you and all the people who follow you, and after that I will go out. And he went out from the Pharaoh hot in anger. So that's what he said. Um, and the Lord says to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you so that my wonders will be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, yet the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Um. So is the final plague the, the firstborn? The death of the firstborn. Okay. Of every household. And animal. And the animal. So the beginning of the Jewish year starts with a remembrance of this event. Okay. So I'm going to read them from chapter 12. And he's going to describe this. God is describing this. And, and this is major going forward. Okay. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Now we've talked about how I'm stop, I'm not reading this, now I'm talking. We've talked about how the Jewish year is different than our year. And so their first month starts with this event and the memory of this event. Speak to all the now I'm back in verse three. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest his house are to take one according to the number of persons. Each man to eat your divide the lamb. The lamb will be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all in the water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, and gives it all these details. Now you shall eat in this manner with your loins girded, that means your clothes on, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt." Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as permanent ordinance. And that's called Passover. It's called the Passover. 
probably heard of that. Yeah. And you can see now why it's called the Passover, because the plague, the angel of death, passed over the house that have the blood of an unblemished lamb on the doorposts. Yeah. Somebody's phone went off. That was mine. Does that sound familiar, like from something we've already talked about? Something that we've already talked about since creation? Uh, Yeah. Where else have we talked about a lamb? Well, when Jacob, Abraham was going to uh, sacrifice Isaac. To offer Isaac, and God God provided provided the lamb. lamb. And we talked about that song that was the lyrics of the song that had to do sing hallelujah god hath provided the lamb so looking forward what is it foreshadowing uh christ being the lamb the lamb and death passing over which we will talk about more when we get there i'm just saying it becomes and mm-hmm. also the week that jesus is crucified the night of the last supper if you happen to know that story we're not there yet we will talk about it in detail when we arrive is the passover meal is this meal that they are celebrating on that month. Okay. At that time. Okay. Right. Um, right. Okay. There's a there's a Mount Sinai at some point. Yes. We haven't gotten there yet, right? No. Okay. So uh, right now Moses is with he's in Egypt. Uh, 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 in Egypt's under Egypt's rule, under the Pharaoh's rule, mm-hmm. and the last plague is the death of the firstborn. However, if you sacrifice a lamb and put the blood on your doorpost, that's what they're told to do. They get this unblemished lamb and put the door, and then can. therefore those they don't die. So, um, and and it does happen. Everybody cries out, and it Pharaoh does say go. So, how many people are we talking about leaving? The Bible tells us that there were six hundred thousand men on foot, plus women and children. So it's over a million people. This is when they get permission to leave. Yes. It's quite the caravan. Yeah. And they're taking their stuff and the blood, the silver and the gold and all this. So after they're gone, Pharaoh changes his mind and they uh, decide to follow him. He decides to follow them. And then they, they think they're going to a land of milk and honey. They think they're going. Well, God has told Moses that he will deliver the people. But they're going to that mountain to make a sacrifice. Okay. Which is the place where Moses was before. Okay. Because he okay. said, I will bring where the people. The so, so where they're headed to is that mountain to make the sacrifices. Okay? okay. So, but they come to the sea. Remember that? They come mm-hmm. to the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. So, and there's seas there, and they're like, what are they going to do? And now they see Pharaoh's people coming after them, and what are they going to do? And so starting in chapter 14, verse 15, Then the Lord says to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So God was leading them in a pillar of cloud. So it moves behind them. So now that's blocking between them and the uh, 
Egyptians. So it came between the camp of Egypt, Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong uh, east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right and on their left. Imagine going through someplace like when we drive out west between cliffs, and you've got these high, that's walls of water that they're walking through. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve, and he made them drive with difficulty so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. So they knew that there was a supernatural power fighting before them. So let's get out of here. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power of which the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in His servant Moses. Okay. So, big scene. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in movies. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they're on the other side. Yes. They're free from Pharaoh. They're free from Egypt. Yes. And their plan is to go to this... Right. So land. now they're going to Sinai for the purpose of worshiping. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting out on this journey towards Sinai, but they don't have anything to drink or eat. That's a problem. Yeah. So they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt, so they've gone almost two months now, the whole congregation of the sons, it was a little bit more than three days, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. So everybody's grumbling. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So this is going to be a theme that we see. I wish I was back in Egypt, where I had what I needed. And my life might have been hard, Yeah, but I had what I needed. The devil then, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your grumblings against the Lord, and what are we that you grumble against us? Can I pause and interrupt yes. for a second? This is my producer side coming out. Yes. Can we, can you um, paraphrase? Yes. Because you're reading a lot. 
Not that I'm. I'm well, not, I'm just. I, I'm I, I will a, be just straight an, up honest. I, I don't want to get God's word wrong. Okay. Right. I know. So, so I'm trying to read the parts that it's important that I read. Okay. So she's giving me a kind of a mean look, and I'm being a little. No, antagonistic. I'm not being mean. It's, it's good. Just, I appreciate I feel, it. I don't want to feel like I don't want the audience to feel like we're just being that we're in a Sunday school class listening to someone read the scriptures. You're giving me a mean. She's giving me a mean look. It's not again. a mean look. I just. I'm not gonna doubt. Okay, I'm just. I'm just giving you some viewpoint from yeah. the listener's perspective. And, and so my response to that will be: I will try to paraphrase, paraphrase as much as I can. One, I have to know the story really well to be able to paraphrase it. And two, I don't want to misspeak about what God said. I don't want to be so loose with it that I'm putting across an impression that is not accurate. Okay. I understand. So they're grumbling and they're asking for food, and God says, "Okay, I'm gonna, it's going to rain down for you every day, but you only bring in enough for that day, okay? And on the sixth day, there'll be enough for two days." And He tells them what the amount is, how much to gather each time. And so when when this happens, the first day they said, "What is it?" For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, "It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded: gather of it." Gather of it every man as much as you should eat. So he tells them the same thing again. And the sons of Israel did so. And some gathered much and some gathered little. But it didn't matter when they measured it with an omer, which was a measurement. He who had gathered much had no excess. And he who had gathered little had no lack. So even though they thought they were gathering more, it still measured out just like what it was. Every man gathered just as much as he should eat. Moses said to them, let no man leave any of it until morning. But they didn't listen to him because... It's like, hey, we got food now. I'm going to keep some to make sure I have it for tomorrow. But it goes bad the next day. Some people left part of it until morning and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. And they gathered it morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat. Now, when the sixth day comes, they gathered twice as much bread, two omens for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So where it is that gone bad every day before that when they tried to keep it? This day it doesn't, and there's enough for the next. Eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today we will not find it in the field, so it doesn't rain down on the seventh day. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. It came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out together, but they found none. So God's taken the Sabbath pretty seriously, right? And he's given them an example right here. Now, have they been told anything about a Sabbath yet? No. Mm-mm. So, is there anywhere in the story since we started that we've talked about seven days and a day of Creation. rest? Creation. Creation. God sets the example right up. What does He do on the seventh day? He rests. He rests. So, He's telling them, guess what? You're going to do the same thing. Okay, what's the seventh day in current times? Well, it depends on which tradition you're in. Okay, I'm in a... I'm in Usually, the seventh day is considered Saturday. And Sunday's the first day. Okay. So, so what do we call the Sabbath in our faith? In our faith, we call it Sunday, and that has to do with the resurrection. Because the resurrection was on the first day. Which would have been So we celebrate Sunday. the resurrection on Sunday and take that as a Sabbath. Okay. We so, don't need to get into all that right now. But. Well, and I think that 
first of all, it's not legalistic. The point is not to be legalistic about it. The point is that God designed us to work seven, six days and rest the seventh. In our current modern world, mm. that seventh day might be a different day for all of us. Yeah. Depending on what your schedule and what your life is. The point is you were designed to rest one out of every seven days. Okay. Got I, it? I got it. Yeah. You got to be legalistic about whether it's a Saturday or Sunday or Monday or a Thursday. Yeah, I, yeah that, you can get into arguments about that. But the, All right. We're the, talking about I'm, – I'm just – I'm speeding up for a second because someone is showing up here at the – Studio. At the studio to pick up some gear that I sold, and we're going to need to pause. This should be here any minute according to this message I just got. Yeah. So I need to get prepared for that. But I wanted to say, I'm not I'm not going to wrap up the episode right now. We're going to just take a pause. But I wanted to just say we were talking about the food that the Lord was providing. Uh-huh. And they were able to, to store it for more than just one day. Only on the sixth day. Only on the sixth day because they're going to rest on the seventh. Yes. Because some of that when you were reading, I was getting this message. About and you weren't paying attention. Yes, got it. So. so every day it would spoil. If you tried to keep enough for the next day, it would spoil. But all of a sudden when the sixth day comes around, they go out and gather what they usually gather. And when they get back into their house and measure it, it's enough for two days. And they're like, Moses, what's up? We got enough for two days. And they say, God wants you to rest on the seventh day. So there'll be enough for tomorrow. So eat what you need for today. And 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 they're like, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, and, and but then it does work. So God wants us to take the Sabbath seriously. But this is the first time that that is introduced to these people. It will come up again later. So we'll hit pause and okay. return. All right, we'll pause. All right. That was just a little bit of a pause, even though no one even knows. We were talking about the Sabbath. So, bonus points to... Figuring out what is not in the room that was in the room before our pause. Oh, for the people listening? Yeah, for the people listening. Okay, cool, yeah. You yeah. get bonus points. It, the studio, there was some gear that was sold that had to be removed during the break. If you've been listening really intently, you might be able to figure out the gear, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was the first time since creation that we've been indicated resting on the seventh day right and maybe the first time that the people have ever been told about it right and moses being the first person told right and and, you know god saying this is what i'm going to do so he gives them an example right up front and you know he rested on the seventh day so it's not just a random command yeah it's 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 um we need it and how do we how do we do that as a society today? How do we rest on the seventh? That is a good question. That could be a whole because we may not. It could be a whole podcast. You know, like you could just talk about that, how to create a place of rest. Hmm. It's, it's very. I think with twenty four seven technology, technology, it's very difficult to do, and you feel like you know, gotta have that phone with you. And I know for me, when the people that I love and care about the most don't physically live in the house with me, I don't want to be away from my phone very long because I want them mm-hmm. to be able to reach out to me when they need to. And so then that temptation of being drawn into that digital world is always right there. So yeah. rest. Anyway, it, it, it yeah, good conversation for a different podcast. So... He provides their food, and he gives them enough on the sixth day to last through the seventh. But expects them, but doesn't all the other days. So, so it's, give us this day our daily bread. 
Hmm. He's providing daily. He he could have just said, here's your supply for the week. But that. But he wants us to depend on him each daily. day. Yeah, that's 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 cool. Yeah. So see, there's a lot of depth in all of these stories. So I think the things that we're experiencing here as we move forward, like I say, are giving us those glasses to see as we go forward. So there they are on their way to worship. And God has now provided their food that falls from the sky every day. So when they arrive at Sinai, where they're going to worship, Moses goes up on the mountain to God. And then what happens there? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? He's been he give he's he has been he is he is given the Ten Commandments, right? Yes. And actually he's given all of the law. But because of Hollywood, we have this vision that all he gets is the Ten Commandments. Okay. But he's up there for a while. Now, it looks like what is actually written on the stone in God's hand are the Ten Commandments. Okay, but Moses is given all the law because actually in in the book of Exodus, it's chapter 19 through 31. It's long. All those chapters. Yeah. Which is the giving of the law. And then what is also included in there is how to instruct to construct the tabernacle, which we will talk about. We'll we'll move to talking about the tabernacle, but that's part of what they're talking about. But what we want to focus on right now here at the waning part of this podcast is is this episode is um, what happens down in the foot of the mountain while Moses is up there. Now, they can't see Moses. He's up there in a cloud long way away. Aaron's still down there with people. Do you remember the story about what happens? I don't remember, but I'm going to... I kind of think it has something to do with doubting Moses as a leader. Right. Well, what they're doing is saying, like, what happened to him? Where did he go? Okay, so Aaron even... I'm not going to read this story, but Aaron... I think we need to read chapters 19 through 31. Right <laughs> You're so funny. I'm not going to read this story. This is in chapter 32. But Aaron tells them to go get the gold, some, some of the gold that they've plundered from the Egyptians, and they build a golden calf. They make an idol. Okay. Because what's happened to our God? What's happened? I mean, here this God has parted the waters done the whole nine yards, providing their food daily. Moses disappears, and they're like, okay, what's going on? I think he's up there for 40 days. I think that's right. So they're like, oh, he's gone. So we need to work. So Aaron even helps them. Maybe even was his idea. Somebody can go read that and find out. And they build a golden calf. So God's up there on the to mountain. worship. Yeah. Is that not human? Like, like, just like, okay, things aren't shaping up the way that we think they should be, and it's been a little while, so let me go come up with my own plan. Let's, yeah. let's come up with our own plan here. Are there religions today that worship cows? Oh, sure. Yeah. I can't even... Can you name one? Well, I think that cows are sacred in Hinduism. Okay. That they... Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty... I have to go check my resources on that, but yes. Okay. But there's always... We all have... Yeah, idols, that kind of idea. But anyway, they build this golden calf. Well, God's up on the mountain. He knows what's going on down there. And he says to um, he, he says to Moses, I'm jumping in here at verse 10 in 
that chapter 32. Now, this is God talking. Now then let me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. And I will make of you a great nation. Saying that to Moses, like, okay, these people have done this. I'm just going to make you the nation. I'm getting rid of them. Then Moses entreated the Lord, his God, and said, oh Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out from the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak? saying, With evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by yourself, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And all this land of which I have spoken I will give to you descendants that they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. So I threw that little bit in there because it's Moses talking to God again, going, hey, let me remind you what you've done. I think it gives us freedom to talk honestly with God. And um, God wants to converse with us. And it also shows us Moses' intimate relationship with God. So God backs off. And then Moses turns around and goes down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. The tablets were God's work, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Now, when Joshua, who was heard the sound of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, Joshua had accompanied Moses. He didn't go all the way to God, but he accompanied Moses up the mountain. Joshua, this is the first... You've mentioned of Joshua. Yeah, I think he might have been mentioned before, but I just haven't brought him up in the story. He hasn't played a role yet, but he's an assistant to Moses. Okay. He's like Moses is, you know, like there's Moses and Aaron, and then there's... He runs and gets the coffee. Just, yeah. Sounds good. So um, anyway, he's so he says, Joshua heard the sound of the people as they shouted. He said to Moses, there's a sound of war in the camp. Camp, But he said, it's not the sound of the city of triumph, nor is it the sound of a city of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. It came about as soon as Moses came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. They're dancing and celebrating around the calf. And Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. So here he's persuaded God to turn his anger. And then when he shows up and sees it, he just like throws down the tablets and they shatter. And he's like, over it and he destroyed the calf and actually i went and read the details of the destruction of the calf he ground the gold into powder and put it in the river and made the people drink it Hmm. but he shattered the tablets yeah well i didn't know that and then he gets on to aaron and he says why what did these people do to you that you brought such great sin upon them and here's what aaron said do not let the anger of my lord burn you know the people yourself they are prone to evil is it not just like us to always make it someone else's fault? Plus, yeah. Plus, we're also prone to evil. And we're also rushing it. We're also getting ahead of God. We couldn't say, well, God knew what he's doing. He's up there on the mountain. Moses left. He told us to wait here. We're going to wait. I mean, after he, all he's done, all no. We're like, surely I don't have to wait any longer. Something's wrong here. We got to fix this. Yeah, I got to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I, I read a meme that's something like... Um, uh, well, I have to tell a little bit more behind it. It's something about how, you know, we try to control things. We try to figure things out on our own, like what you're saying. Um, but this meme was something like, I'm glad I don't know what's going to happen because I would just try to control that too or something about, mm-hmm. about that. 
But I don't know where we are. I, I do think we're close to wrapping this episode up, but where are we as far as a stopping point? Okay, so uh, we're just about there. Um, one yeah. other point to make about this is they could see the cloud on the mountain. So it wasn't like they were, like, they knew that God was the cloud that was directing them so they could see the cloud on the mountain, but because Moses didn't come back. Okay. And just to kind of, uh, just, I'm not going to give you, we're, we're not going to go into the details of this, but maybe this will be our cliffhanger because you said they didn't, you didn't know that they destroyed the tablets. So something else does come about with the tablets and we'll just... Start. I was going to mention two things about the tablets. Okay. Well, something does happen. That's where we're going next. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to do a little summary, then I'm going to make a couple comments. Okay. I also so, want to, we skipped some cards I need to point out too. I mean, we talked about them. I just need to say, hey, these are on the cards. We'll do that. Is yeah. your stuff about the tablets? Yeah. So go to the tablets, then I'll come back to the cards. Well, I was just going to get us up to date. So when we start the next episode, we know that as this wrap up is okay. that, you know, They've they've been saved from Egypt, but they've been uncomfortable. The Lord's provided food. The Lord has instructed them to rest on the Sabbath. Then Moses goes up to the mountain. He's up there long enough that they go, we don't know what's going on. We create this golden calf to worship. Aaron helps him. Moses comes back down. We've mentioned Joshua because he's an assistant. Moses comes back down, gets mad, chatters the tablets, burns the calf, destroys the calf, the the. the yeah, idol. he's like. So that's where we are in the story. Something else happens with. And Aaron the, blames it on them. Aaron blames it on the people. Yeah, it's like you know how they are. But he was involved in it. Yeah, and it was after God and Moses already talked to out God out of being. I think you need to say that now, and then I'll say the thing about. Okay, the so we were the last thing we had mentioned as far as a card go was the plagues, right? And so the last plague was Passover, and then we have. The exodus. I don't know if we ever used that word, but the leaving of the people from Egypt is called the exodus. Mm -hmm. The second book of the Bible is called exodus. exodus. And that's why they have exit above the doors when you leave. Same root, I'm sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So ex the exodus, when you hear people talk about the exodus, is leaving. Mm -hmm. The people leaving Egypt to go toward the promised land. Then the next is the parting of the Red Sea. And then... Up on the mountain, the giving of the law. Giving of the law. And I put these in a... I'm going to yeah. hand them to you. Here. Okay. So, now what's your comment? Check that order, because I moved them a little bit. I put them in a different order than you had them. Okay. No, the comment on the tablets was this. I remember in the 70s, when History of the World came out, Mel Brooks, classic comedy, when he Noah comes out with three tablets. I don't know if you know this. Noah comes out with three tablets, and he goes, I give you the 15, and he accidentally drops one, and it shatters. And he goes, the Ten Commandments, <laughs> which is brilliant. That's the thing I thought about when you said they shattered. But then the other thing is Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're, out, they're searching for the Ark of the Covenant that holds the, the Ten Commandments. And they, you know, they move the ark around. That's mm. a real thing in in archaeology and history. The ark of the covenant. We're just about there. To the ark of the covenant, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You said the tablets. He shattered them. I didn't know that. But so that's the cliffhanger. Because by the way, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Go watch the fan film, please. All that about. I won't go into that. I've told you about it. Yeah, well, I think you've made us watch part of it. Right, we did. Yeah, we yeah. watched it. All right. If you haven't seen the originals, watch those first. Cause they're, yeah. Well, they're, you they're, can watch they're... the first three. 
Yeah. Even then, just watch the first one, the second one, third one. Right. So the cliffhanger is the tablets got shattered. So what is all this Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, what's that about? And and I also need to make a note. Just have something else to say about the Ten Commandments too. So I'll note that. Okay. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. Brought to you by One Thing Only. Find us online at onethingonly.org. Click on History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast for more information, reference material, our social media links, as well as a way to contact us to leave questions or comments. We will soon be streaming on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate and review. Thanks again for listening to History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast.